Welcome to First and Fifteen, the show that takes you around the UK flag football scene. Sponsored by Nuola, your customised sportswear supplier. Hello everybody and welcome once again to First and Fifteen as we continue our coverage of the Southwest Conference in Baffer. We have a very special show for you today as all three of our usual hosts are together in Chichester. So we have some very special guests with us to help us cover the other two game days. So as usual, I'm joined by Jay Ballamy and Gareth Price. And we are also welcome back Ben Newham of the Cheltenham Neptunes and a big welcome also to Ryan McKeveney, better known as Home Alone of the Reading Devils. Welcome everybody. How are we all? Very, very Thank good. You, Thank you. Oh, good. Cheers. Good, good. Home Alone, I understand you're uh, straight off the red carpet tonight after winning an award. I certainly did. The uh, University Sports Awards were tonight and I am very grateful to pick up something. So hopefully we'll keep the win. What was uh, it? What was the award? It was the Most Well Fair Focus Committee Member of the Year. So very grateful to have won that. Wow, I didn't realise we were well I didn't realise we were with an A-lister. <laughs> <laughs> not an award for updating your stats on League Republic. <laughs> Maybe not, but it will find my, its way onto my CV, so I think that'll do. So, yet again, uh, as we head into uh, week three of the season, we've got a fantastic slate of games ahead of us this week. Um, and we're going to start with the Saturday games. Two of the, two of the games will be on Sunday. Saturday, Cheltenham are hosting, and we've already got some results in. Uh, as unfortunately the Isle of Wight Hellhounds have had to forfeit. Uh, nevertheless, thanks to the Coventry Panthers for stem- stepping in and taking the opportunity to complete one of their affiliate game days. Thank you, Panthers. Um, so let's start the day with the league games. We've got the Neptunes versus the Renegades. Uh, Jay, do you want to kick us off on this one? Yeah, so uh, we're obviously going to see a Berkshire side coming off their first baffle win. Um and I think it'll be a really interesting test to see how they go up against another new team in the division. Obviously, we I've had the experience of playing Cheltenham last week, and I, I think scheme-wise, without giving too much away, scheme-wise, they'll match up quite evenly. Um, so I think it'll be a back-and-forth game. However, I do still think the Cheltenham offence is too high-powered for most novice defences. So I expect the score will be 62-25 to Cheltenham. Oof. If you could see my face right now, Jay. <laughs> yeah, you can give me that fiver later. Gareth, <laughs> um, what are your thoughts? Yeah, so I think it's going to be a pretty high-scoring affair as well. It's two teams that like to throw the ball deep. Um, two teams with a lot of athletic players. Uh, I've got the Neptunes winning 52-34. 52-34. It's all looking good for you, Ben. Mm-hmm. So I, I agree with uh, with Jay. I agree with both of you. Um, I think they're going to match up pretty well. Uh, I, I, I think it's going to be high scoring for um, for the Neptunes as well. I've, I've got them scoring forty nine points. I think maybe uh, there'll be one or two drives um, where uh, Berkshire might be able to get um, a stop or two, um, and I think. I think the Neptunes will probably have the edge on defense as well. I've got I've got the uh, Renegade score in two scores, so my final score is forty nine twelve. Um, I think the uh, I've got a feeling the the early exchanges might um, might sort of belie that score line. I think Neptunes will run away with it down down the stretch. Home alone, you're up next. Um, I also have it being quite a high-scoring affair, but I've gone a bit closer. So I've got Cheltenham winning 45-40 to the Renegades, I think, obviously coming off their first win. 
they'll take a lot of momentum into that game. So I think they'll they're starting to find their feet now. Clearly with a win, so I think they'll push Cheltenham close in that one. Ben, you're going to be a, a lone wolf on this. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I'm I'm going to have us winning, um, <laughs> but see, spanning the works that you guys may not know, we are without quite a few um, of our starting offensive players on Saturday. Are you without Justin? Are you without Luke? Uh, we are without Cheetah, yeah, the white Cheetah. Wow. Um, but we are, we still have Justin. We still have our playbook. Uh, everyone knows what they're doing. Uh, and we still uh, have, you know, people who can make plays. Um, what you guys may not know is Dan, uh, who is one of our defensive captains, uh, play wide receiver for the Sheffield Vipers. Um so, wide receiver is his primary position. Whether he'll come and do a few snaps or not, we don't know yet. But, um, you know, we've, we've got uh, other people you know, around. We don't have Adam Walker. Uh, we don't have Luke on Saturday. So, um, it's going to be interesting. So, I've, I've actually got us, I've got us winning, but uh, I've got a little bit lower scoring, 32-21. For the next teams. Wow. 32-21. Is that by... Yeah, that is quite conservative. Is that by virtue of not having Cheetah? I've just realised that's his uh, nickname, so that's exciting. Uh, we, we actually call him Special K. But, um, nice. Yeah, uh, yeah, Luke Cavallaro's Special K. Because um, we've got two Lukes, so I have to come up with something to, to differentiate them. So, uh, yeah, Special K. Yeah, unfortunately, he is um, he's going down to Cornwall for a little getaway. So um, he was going to be at a festival. The festival got canned. He's going to go down south instead. And enjoy, hopefully, what will be some lovely weather with um, with his fiance and some friends. So, um, hopefully, he'll have a nice time down there, and hopefully, we'll have a nice time um, at home and put up mm. some points without him. So, do we want to uh, do we want to have a quick chat about? Because um, obviously, once this game is over and done with, uh, to make the game a little more meaningful, the day a little more meaningful, um, we've got the Coventry Panthers visiting. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think uh, we'll we'll go. I'm not sure what the order of the day is going to be just yet. Um, hopefully, uh, at the time of recording, the Coventry Panthers are not actually um, fully set. So all of this comes with the caveat that we're assuming the Panthers get themselves sorted affiliation wise and, and can, uh, um, can make it to the day. So, but we'll crack on under that assumption. I've got good feeling about the Coventry Panthers making it to that day. So I've, let's I've, go. Let's... As far as I'm aware, they're just waiting on a confirmation email. So that's, excellent. that's the word from them at least anyway. Uh, excellent. That means they've really got themselves in gear this afternoon, which is good to hear. Um, so, Neptune's Panthers. Um, Panthers, obviously not um, not necessarily uh, new to the to the league. They've they've been here before. Um, obviously had a bit of a. I think they um, had a bit of a split off uh, with some folks going off creating the Coventry Pistons, uh, but nevertheless um, an experienced Baffer side. Um, what do we think? Um, well, with zero knowledge of who the Panthers are, never played them. Don't know who's moved over to the Pistons. Don't know who stayed at the Panthers. Pretty so sure give I'm you not a little sure where Coventry is, to be honest. <laughs> uh, I, I went. I went for forty-eight twenty-five to Cheltenham on the basis that Justin's got a cannon. To give you a little bit of uh, a little bit of back uh, context, I guess. Um, I've I've only ever played the Panthers once, and that was in the two thousand eighteen playoff semi-final. So they were the team that we beat to play. Reading in the final of the year that you won the, the Div One plate, 
Um, so that gives you an idea of what they were like three years ago. <laughs> okay, so, okay, right. Then sort of times that by 75% because some of them have left. Right, okay. I'll stick with I'll stick with forty eight to twenty five um, to the Neptunes. I really have no idea. It's a complete shot in the dark. I, I would imagine the Neptunes win will win. I'm quite I was quite impressed with them when they came to Chichester. Um, I've played the Panthers once, maybe four or five years ago when I was at the Hurricanes. They weren't great shakes then. I've no idea who's there anymore. Um, so I'm going to take a shot in the dark and say Neptune's 45, Panthers 15. How would they get 15? Don't know. 14. <laughs> they go for a two-point conversion. No, two <laughs> yeah, miss, miss one point and then run it back a two-point conversion. No, with my with my deep and insightful knowledge into the Panthers, they don't seem like a two-point conversion team. So 14. <laughs> Good stuff. Uh, yeah, I think this should be a comfortable victory for the Neptunes as well. Um, I'm again, like you guys, no uh, no idea what what the Panthers are packing. I haven't seen them for three years, um, so uh, yeah, I think the Neptunes have definitely got the um, the firepower to light the scoreboard up. So yeah, let's let's chuck them in the mid forties, uh, say forty five, uh, thirteen. I reckon they get two two touchdowns in the end and miss an extra point. There we go. That's how I work that out. Um, I've never had the joy of playing either of these teams, so I'm just going to take a shot in the dark, really, and say uh, Cheltenham 28, Panthers 20, just off the top of my head. You'll you'll look like a genius now as the only person who's calling this close. Yeah. <laughs> That or foolish, either way. Yeah. We've, um, we've actually played, well, we've played them a few times. Um, so our first ever affiliate game was with the Coventry Panthers. Um, that's how we got um, affiliated through oh, yeah. Uh And they've beaten us the two times we played them, but it was very, very early on in the team. So we've never actually beaten them before. Um, we've run very close games, and they do have some very talented young players on the team. Um and some, you know, stalwart veterans as well. So, um, yeah, they, they, they've got a good, good group of uh, fellas and they've got a pretty, pretty solid scheme. Um, I'm going to say that we'll edge them uh, 30 points to 25. The students become the masters. This is, this is the slight problem with the order we've picked. The man who knows who's turning up to the game days is speaking last. <laughs> Essentially, Ben just looks really, really clever yeah. every yeah. single time we open our mouths. Um, it's, you know, a, a broken clock is right twice a day. Mate, so. <laughs> Everybody makes their predictions and then we find out your, the, the league's leading touchdown scorer isn't attending, which may, may have been good to know beforehand. Um, but uh, yeah, who knows? Be interesting to see how Coventry have developed over the last couple of years because... COVID without any sort of concrete plans of games in the future must have been tricky. Yeah, and unless give give Coventry their their dues because they it's not like they disappeared and and stopped mm. existing and then have, have built themselves up against out of the ashes. There's still people there, uh, you know, from the original Panthers setup, um, and they've not. Other than COVID, they've not stopped playing. Uh, they just they just didn't quite make the um, the registration deadline with the with the whole split they had going on uh, for 2020. Um, and they've they've been they've been playing in in the OFL, so it's not like they've um, you know they're without 
this is this isn't going to be their first you know football action uh, in in two or three years. They've they've been competing, um, so they they're not going to be too green. But let's take uh, let's take Ben and the Neptunes out of the equation and um, and take a, take a quick preview at the Panthers versus the Renegades um, affiliate game. Yeah, well, as you know, Lewis. Um... Berkshire are sort of my my backer now because uh, I, I <laughs> successfully pre- predicted them to beat you. So I've got them getting their second win of the season here, uh, forty-one to thirty-three against the Panthers. So I think it's a much more high-scoring game. Well, Lewis has swayed me completely with his uh, one-minute information on the Panthers, and I'm going to say Panthers are going to win this, thirty-five to thirty. Nice close game. Interesting. Uh, I always find it difficult, and I've definitely been um, guilty of doing this in the past with like any kind of new slash affiliate team, despite the fact that you know, like I said, they're not brand new. Um, but I can't not back the Renegades after that offensive display I saw last week. Um, so I think I think this will be a reasonably close game. Um, and I think it'll be reasonably high scoring. I think uh, Renegades might just steal it 41 to 35. So it's a one score game. So, um, yeah, I think I think the offenses will be uh, pretty, pretty well matched. Um, defenses will likely disappoint, I think. Uh, and I just think that. Apologies, I don't know the quarterback's name, but I think his his arm and their ability to to score quickly um, will probably be what edges them. I think Coventry, from what I know, might be more of a from what I've seen years ago. Caveat um, will be more of a you know drive the ball downfield slowly, first down, second down, third down. Uh, uh, whereas um, Berkshire are definitely more of a first down, second down, touchdown kind of team. Um, I'm going to go with the Panthers in this one. I'm going to have them winning 35 to 28. I think with Lewis, he's saying there that they've played in and played semi-final. I think experience goes a long way in these sort of games where you're not necessarily familiar with um, other opponents. So I think if they've got that sort of experience, they'll be more ready to come in and actually game plan um, and come up with things that maybe aren't necessarily just deep shots all day. Because I think we had success in taking that away from the Renegades, and I think it showed in the scoreline. Interesting. I like I'm, this. We're, uh, we're very much split. Break the I'm deadlock, Ben. I'm definitely going to go with uh, the Panthers. Um, I think, like uh, like Ryan said, experience is key. Um, I think you know if they get surprised with the deep ball, they're, they're uh, a well experienced enough team to be able to make adjustments to that. But also having played them, um, you know they got a solid. Uh, program a solid playbook um and uh again i agree with what you said lewis they like to take their time with the game i think it's going to be much less scoring i've got the Coventry panthers winning 26 to 19 very interesting i think there's many times that we've been uh you know as as split as this Fascinating. Anyway, let's move away from Cheltenham uh, and we're going to go to our second game day of the week, which is going to be in the beautiful seaside town of Western Supermare. Um, and as I have on the schedule in front of me, the 
Devils take on Falcons Green first day, first of the day? So this is a tough one to call. Um, purely on the basis, Lewis, that you shared that Exeter might have a, an experienced player coming back into the ranks for this game day. Um, yep, Jay Cooley-Joy uh, will rejoin the, um, the team after the first two game days away out in the States, so we're, they're very excited to have him back. Um, Home Alone, you might be able to confirm this, but I think Reading are pretty seething after uh, the Chichester results, so I think they'll turn up pretty sharpish and, and, uh, and try and come out the gates flying. Um, I think this will be quite a cruise control victory for them. I've got it down for 26-12. Home Alone, do you just want to let me know if there's any any big news that I should be aware about before I make my (laughs) prediction? Tom Tom Holwell is COVID-free. Holwell is COVID-free. We've got a couple others that aren't as COVID-free right now. So um, I'd still say we're taking a very strong lineup to the game, but we won't have all our starters on both sides of the ball. It's a different type of disease to normal uni students' disease. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, in in that case, I think that the Devils are going to run out fairly comfortable winners in this one. I've got them winning 36 to 18. Got a similar scoreline myself. Well, you know, I'm never going to bet against my team. Um, (laughs) And I think think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a fairly close. Uh, close affair. Um, in fact, I'm going to slightly change. I'm going to change my what I've written down because uh, I think I think what it's going to come down to is an extra point. Um, so I've got the Falcons winning twenty to nineteen. I think um, the defense have been playing pretty well, um, and and I think uh, yeah, a couple of key pieces working a lot with with Ethan to just sort of polish it up a little bit offensively. Um, I think this could be, this is, a, I think this is a sneaky, um, a sneaky game of the week, black horse uh, kind of game. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with Lewis. I think it'll be closer than maybe previous scores have suggested. Um, I think we didn't start well against Chichester um, last weekend um, and we haven't really been able to practice since. So I think maybe there might be a slow start in there potentially, but obviously I'm hoping we come out um, all guns blazing, but I've got Reading winning 28 to 13 in this game. All right. Game two, Devils Supers. This is, I tell you what, this game day is really um, full of uh, a couple of games that I think could be sneaky game of the week. Devils Supers again could be a really interesting game. Supers are are definitely on the up uh, after the uh, first game day. Yeah, so um, I know Reading haven't played Supers probably since 2019, and we, we narrowly won that game, if you remember correctly, home alone. Um, so I think there's there's no sense of fear necessarily going to play Western from Reading. Um, but that offence at Western is, is still good. It's still very good at taking uh, the ball down the field in a very methodical way. So I, I think this will be close but high scoring. And I've gone 33-31 to 31 towards the Devils. I have flipped back and forth on this one for all of today. And uh, I think that if Reading have everybody there, I think they'd narrowly win. If they don't, I'm going to go with Supers 40, Devils 36. But I think it's going to be a cracking game. And I think some, one, 
somebody's going to win by a score and there's going to be no shortage of arguments and intrigue. <laughs> it's going to be a feisty one. Yeah, I'm similar to you, Gareth. I've kind of flipped back and forth on this one quite a lot. I don't have it quite high, as high scoring. Um, again, I think this is going to come down to possibly who executes better at the goal line. Um, and although interestingly, uh, from from what we saw last week, um, for all the all all the comments that we've probably all made at some point about Weston's sort of dink and dunk um, offense, four yard passes, make make everyone miss. They did a pretty good job of stretching the field uh, last week uh, against Berkshire um, and were able to, you know, score quickly in one or two plays. Um, so that was an interesting little wrinkle that they've obviously been working on and, and getting that sort of deep ball game uh, a more prominent part of their offense. Um, nevertheless, I think uh, this is going to be a real tussle. Again, I think it's going to come down to who... Uh, who executes on the goal line. Uh, and we've all seen that play from the, the Div 1 final. So I don't think it's going to surprise anyone anymore. And I've got the Devils just edging this one, 28-26. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with what Jay said earlier. Um, I think having beaten them in that game, I, I definitely think that we'll be confident going into that game, knowing that we can win it. Um, but I, I think we all know that they did end up winning the Division 1 um, finals. So obviously, even in that game, they had a lot of talent on the show and they pushed us the whole way. So I, I again, think it'll be very close. Um, I've got us winning 33-25 though, because again, I'll never predict us to lose. <laughs> I've uh, I've got a very similar score to Gareth, actually. Devils 36, so bang on there, but I've got it going the other way. Um, Western Supers with 24. I just think... Um, Obviously, I've not played the Devils yet. We played Western. They were a bit slow to get started. They were down a couple of players. I know they're coming back strong, but I think the Devils have just got that experience on them. Um, I think, you know, they've got their dink and dunk approach maybe works out now um, by this stage in the game. And I think the Devils are just going to edge it. Got ourselves another lone wolf. See you this time, Gareth. Yeah. Well. It's going to be a good game. I'd quite like to watch it, but yeah, I'm, I, I'm otherwise engaged. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would, I would like that somebody would to live stream it, and I could watch it later on afterwards. But highly unlikely. And then, last but not least, at this game day, it's Supers versus Falcons Green. Yeah, and I don't particularly see this game as being as tight as probably some of the other ones could be. Um, I think Western have got Exeter's number um, and quite sneakily will just score as soon as they've got any sort of margin um, and, quite, and relax a bit. So similar to last week in that we saw Western and Berkshire be quite high scoring, I think this will go to about 41-28. Uh, that's to Western, obviously. And uh, I have uh, very similar score lines, 36-21 to the Devils as well. Got our first lone wolf. Well, I, I I could go on a on a ramble, but once again, this has happened. I, I agree with Jay. It's <laughs> because we're the same person, Gareth. <laughs> I've I've got forty one twenty eight written down, and now it's just been reinforced because Jay has so far been pretty good at predicting. <laughs> well, again, I'm never I'm never going to bet against my boys, uh, and. We've 
done we've worked a lot on uh like I say like I said for the for the Falcons black team last week um Western have kind of always been our voodoo team uh so we've you know we've watched a lot of the film and tried to work out um a lot of our work quite hard on our, our, our Western game plan. Um, so I guess it just comes down to execution. Again, I think uh, this is going to be quite low scoring and um, a close call, uh, but I've got Falcons edging it 13-12. I'm definitely in agreement with Jay and Gareth on it. I've got similar scoreline. Um, I think Western are a very good team. Um and I've got them winning 42 to 21. 42 21. Hmm. I, uh, I think it's going to be low scoring. Uh, I think, like Lewis says, the Falcons will be doing their homework. I think they're going to try and contain uh, Western as best they can. And I think we're going to see a scoreline of uh, Falcons green 13, Western 24. Very interesting. Yeah, it's good. I think that just rounding off that entire game day. There's some there's some really good matchups in there, and I think some potential for some quite close games. Uh, I, I look forward to reviewing these next week and seeing uh, seeing what the scores uh, end up as. Be good sort of drive home um, reading material, watching those scores come in on League Republic because everyone updates their League Republic immediately, right? And last but not least, uh, the Chichester game day, uh, which um, the Sharks have kindly agreed to kick off at 12 o'clock to give us all a chance to get there uh, without being too um, wrecked. <laughs> very nice of them. Yeah, we're a nice bunch. It was, it was an agreement so that we did the same for them. Uh, yeah. When they visit Exeter, <laughs> <laughs> and we're appreciative of that as well. <laughs> so the day kicks off with uh, with the Kings versus the Sharks. I, I don't know whether to to build this as Jay versus Gareth, as you know the two uh, two first and fifteen hosts, or whether it's really Jay versus Neil. Well, it's never Jay versus Neil because Neil lives rent free in my head. Um, <laughs> I can confirm that's true as well. Uh, yeah, I've been <laughs> many a. Uh, any a moment where I've woke up in the middle of the night going, oh, he's just run, he's just run that, that little shovel pass again. Um, yeah, look, it's quite simple. Um, I've played Chichester something stupidly like 17 times and I've never beaten them. Um, but this will be the time. 44-42, Kings. Ooh, that would be a cracker. Um, so I found myself in a bit of a pickle with this game day because obviously the two quarterbacks I'm facing are my co-hosts um, and if I said that I think the Sharks will win by a point I'd seem disingenuous and if I said we'd win by 40 uh, they'd get mad and bring more of even more of an A game than they're going to bring <laughs> so I decided to cop out completely and use basic mathematics to solve this uh so for example, blame it on the maths yeah for example if the sharks score an average of 30 a game this year and uh Kainsham concede 20 then i would predict the sharks to score 25 so you can't get mad at me it's maths deal with it um so the score according to maths will be the sharks 39 the kings 25 
I hate that you've applied logic to this. Yep. <laughs> Can't get mad. <laughs> uh, all right. Yeah, this is, again, this is, we've got, what have we got? The Sharks currently sitting at um, 4-0, Kainsham uh, at 3-1. So hot on their heels. Um, I is, think this is, is going to be gone. Oh, sorry. Is is a top of the table clash then, is it? Uh, no, because you've also got Reading Devils on three uh, and one, but technically have a better uh, points difference, so they're gotcha. they're in second place. But in terms of record, yeah, mm. it's, you could call it a top of the table clash. Um, but yeah, I think I think my scoreline I have down as the Sharks winning thirty five eighteen, but I think that's gonna uh, not tell the whole story. I think this is going to be close, closer than that suggests, um, and I think it could come down to. Uh, you know, just one kind of missed opportunity, one drop, uh, you know, one tackle before the goal line as the receiver was reaching. Um, and and then the Sharks will kind of capitalise on that to make the score the scoreboard look a little uh, further ahead um, in, in the following drive. So are you, are you essentially saying I'm going to throw a pick six? Is that what you're trying to? Uh, you know what? I wish I'd. I wish I'd left my picks. Gareth gets a pick six for this weekend. Uh, it's not too late. Um, but uh, you'd no, I think step, I... you'd be stepping on my bold prediction. But sure. <laughs> <laughs> I think. I think this is going to be one of those games where um, each team kind of uh, follows each other. So, like, if if Chichester score then Kainshin will score on the next drive. And if Chichester then manage to stop the Kings on their next drive, then the Kings will stop Chichester on their next drive. You know, they'll just mirror each other right up until like the last quarter of the game where uh, I think, you know, Chichester will score and then they'll manage to break the the deadlock and stop the Kings. And then they'll score again on the following drive to make it look uh, a little, a little more convincing. By which time, I think the Kings will be out of time. Unfortunately, Lewis, that is, that is typically what happens to me against the Sharks. So sounds, <laughs> I'm not going to sleep tonight because you said that. Yeah. <laughs> he knows you too well, Jay. Yeah, I know. Um, I've got this being a very close game. I, I think maybe even not in terms of scoreline, but I think Keisham might give Sharks their closest game in terms of on the play on the field, I, I think Keisham in week one were... Sorry, Home Alone, great. I'm going to stop you there because you said it twice. <laughs> Keisham. Oh, it's a Keisham. place where quiche is made. Do you not know? <laughs> I'll just try and stay clear of pronouncing it <laughs> just then. Kings, mate. <laughs> I'll just say um, But yeah, I, I think they'll have improved a lot more since then. Um, I still think the Sharks come out with the win. I, I think they're probably a bit too strong to stop this year. Um, so I've got them, or the Sharks beating the Kings, 42 to 35. I have this as game of the week. Um, having had the pleasure of uh, losing to both of these teams, um, I can hand on heart say that both these teams are absolutely stacked. I think they are going to be pleasantly surprised with uh, each other. Jay will obviously have a lot of experience having played Chichester before. He's, uh, I can see the hunger in his eyes from Cheltenham. Um, I've got Chichester edging it, but I think it's going to be uh, quite a high-scoring affair. Um, I've got Chichester 45, Kings 38. Well, that's fine. You can all be wrong. 
<laughs> Another I lone think, wolf. I honestly think that that scoreline could go either way. But I think Chichester are just, having played both of you, I think Chichester are just too good this season. Um, do you reckon it's, it's the, the Neil Henderson effect? Do you reckon the Kings might be better off if they uh, if they bench Jay Ballamy and, um, and and put in their backup quarterback just so that he's not quite as uh, phased by Neil Henderson's glare? No, I think, I think Jay, I think Jay does a, a solid job. <laughs> Jay does a solid job on the field. Um, I would say definitely the Neil Henderson effect uh, does come into play. He can get in your head pre-game, especially if uh, you haven't dotted all your I's and crossed all your T's. And um, I think the Kings need to rise to the occasion on this one if they're going to win. It's a good it's a good matchup for the Kings in terms of Jay. Jay knows Chichester well. He knows what we do. Um, Craig knows me well from our time at Cardiff together. He knows what I like to do on defence. You know, I I don't think I don't think anybody's going to be particularly surprised. And that sort of knowledge is is pretty useful to have. It's certainly better than turning up against the team and not knowing what defence they run, for example. So I expect a good showing from the Kings. Um and I, I think it could be a very close game as well. But uh I'll leave it to Maths. <laughs> yeah, I, I think mouse. I think I think you're right. I think both both teams have got players who know each other very well. Like you say, you and you and Craig's connection, uh, all the times that um, Jay's played the Sharks, they know. Even though the Kings are a very new team, some of the players in there know the Sharks very well, um, and I think that will help. But ultimately, uh, I think the Sharks kind of experience and. Polish, I think, is what is will what see them overcome the Kings. I think there's just there's a bit of a wiggle room in the Kings for for mistakes to creep in, and I think this year, from what I've seen, the Sharks that's just not there. You have to be perfect to beat the Sharks. I've said it before, um, and I think that's a tall order. Well, when I come away with that win next week, you can call me perfect, then, Lewis. Please, please do. I want nothing more. Really? Should we get on to the next game? <laughs> Nobody should go undefeated. I think it's going so, to yeah, happen, though. Next, next game, uh, Sharks Falcons, and you know, I, I think you're wrong, Ben. I, uh, I don't think Neil Henderson gets in everyone's head, but maybe it's because I've played against him for the best part of twenty years, and I'm just used <laughs> to it now. <laughs> it could just be that he lives in my head rent free, but I've stopped noticing that he's there. You, you just welcome him these days. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Jay, do you want to kick us off? Yeah, so, um, look, I, I genuinely believe that Chichester have got a lot of firepower. And as much as I, I think, Lewis, you're an excellent example of a quarterback, um, uh, Chichester are really, really good at football. Um, so I have this down as 48-18, which does make you the same sort of margin as Reading. So... That's my logic. <laughs> I think it's interesting that, that both these quarterbacks um, feel that Neil lives rent-free in their head, and yet he has very little to do with our defensive side of the ball. But considering that is how you feel, I will just have him. I will just go over to him on the sideline and have him talk rubbish to me, while uh, just just so you guys in the huddle can see him talking and pretending to instruct us <laughs> on what to do. You know um, what? I'm I'm not even I'm not. I'm not even that concerned about 
about Neil. Uh, like you say, he, he has very little to do with it. My concern lies with which one of Will or Shorty is gonna are you gonna go to next? Which one am I gonna have to stop? Because I don't think I can stop both of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a fair point. Um, again, maths says uh, that this will be a forty-two to twenty-five win for the Sharks. This is... I've been thinking about this a lot. <laughs> um, I have to believe that uh, if if the Sharks are going to be upset this year, then it's going to be us. Especially coming off, coming off an upset loss to Berkshire last week. Uh, what better story is there than, you know, you, you lose to the bottom of the table and then go on and and surprise every, you surprise everyone by losing to the bottom of the table and then surprise everyone again by beating the top of the table. And I that think, would just sum us up. I think, Lewis, in all honesty, this is the first division I've ever been part of in Baffa football where, where that's actually a possibility. Like, I can't remember being involved in a division where all the teams are at least competitive, all the teams have good quarterbacks. It's really good for the sport that actually things are improving to that point now yeah absolutely and and I, you look at some of the other divisions around where they have you know two or three out and out um the, the the gap between the top and the bottom is just ridiculous and the gap between the top and the middle is even ridiculous yeah. uh, whereas the southwest has always uh the last you know five six ten years or so has always produced really competitive teams um, that uh, throughout the table, um, but you're going to press me for a score in a minute, aren't you? Um, and I think I think this is going to be quite high scoring, and I think we're going to have to um, we're going to have to score points because uh, against the against the Sharks, this isn't going to be something that we can rely on our defense to keep them off the out the end zone. Um, so we're going to have to score, and I'm actually going to I'm going to change it just a little. Um, I'm going to give you a little more credit. Um, uh, I did have 42-38, but I think you're worth more than that. I think it's going to be 42-40. And you know what? My Very generous. Sod it. I'm going to make it my bold prediction. Um, it's already I a bold say... prediction, Lee. <laughs> 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 but my bold prediction to go alongside this bold prediction is that we redeem ourselves by winning this on a two-point conversion. That doesn't make any sense. Let's make it forty-one forty, and uh, and yeah, two-point conversion for the win. We are once again faced with the prospect of: do we play for the draw or do we play for the win? And we play for the win, and this time we get it. But what if you make the wrong decision twice? Sorry, that's me. <laughs> Good luck. It's, it's a ballsy now the call. Gareth live Good rent, on you. lives rent free in your head. <laughs> There's not enough space with Will, Shorty, and Corey in there. <laughs> I, 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 res- I, I would respect you for going for the win, whatever the outcome. You could have won it. On I mean, the last I play. yeah, I, I've, I've said, I've, I've been saying it all week to to our guys. I do not regret going for two against Berkshire. I would ten times out of ten, I would do it again. I might call a different play, or you know, I might do something different in that play, but I would always go for two. 
in that if I got the chance. I think it's definitely in the flag spirit to go for two there. Yeah. Briskly moving on. <laughs> we, we finish the day with uh, what is my actual game of the week um, pick, which is Falcons versus Kings. Why is it your game of the week, though? It's out of interest. I reckon this is going to be a, a real battle. Okay, interesting. I think. Yeah. Interesting. Well, look, I, I have a lot of admiration and respect for the extra defence. Um, it's one I, I typically seem to not put up a lot of points on for one reason or another. Um, and for that reason, I think this will be quite close. So I've gone with, and I know this is not going to sound close to my scoreline, but hear me out. I've gone with 21 8. Um, I think it'll be close for a long, long time. And then it'll be one of those ones where it's an end of game um sort of trash touchdown at the end that essentially means it's a two score game but I think it'll be really really tight for ninety percent of the time. You think I'm gonna go for two on my first touchdown of the day? <laughs> yeah mate. <laughs> well I think you'll wanna you'll wanna shake it out after uh, after you've done <laughs> so poorly against Chichester on that failed two point conversion that you predicted. This um, feels like a, a an Exeter challenge, not a Chichester yeah. challenge. <laughs> No, I would never do that to you, Lewis. Um, and then you'll just go, yeah, yeah I'll just, I'm just going over two. I'm just going to do it. And then you'll get it. And then you'll be hyped about it. And then it'll, you won't score for the rest of the day. <laughs> um, so I'm not involved in this one, so I can, I can avoid the maths. Um, but who do you prefer? That's the question. <laughs> <laughs> who do you like more, Gareth? Do you like <laughs> Jay more or do you like Lewis more? Who have you known longer, Gareth? I can't wait for him to say I detest so, them equally. Yeah, so, so I've, I've got this being a tie. Um, no. <laughs> uh, that maths, is a bold prediction. <laughs> the math said 29-26 to the Kings. Um, I actually think the Kings will win by a little bit more than that. And I've got it as Canesham 34, Falcons 21. This is another one that I think, like I said, this is, this is my game of the week. I think this is going to be real battle. This is going to be really gritty. Um Obviously, like I said, I've um, I can't bet against my boys. Uh, I'm not going to bet against myself. I think we've got um, we've got the experience to do it to to put up plenty of points. Um, our defense has been been playing pretty well. I mean, offensively, Ed has been you know lighting up the score scoreboard. Uh, Jake Tiller defensively has been a real. Um, a real asset to the team and has been really sort of lighting it up on defense for us as well. There's uh, somewhere, somewhere near the top of the interception he's, stats. He's second behind Shorty. Second behind Shorty. That's not, not bad company to be in. Not bad at all. Um, so he's been playing really well. Uh, so this is going to be a game. I think that goes back and forth provided that everyone uh, stays healthy. Uh, I think is our biggest issue at the moment. Uh, it's not looking like Alex is going to be there. Um, so we're going to be playing a little bit of uh, Iron Man probably at some point. Um, hey, you might even see me on defense. That's when you know we're desperate. Um, I'm, I'm filibustering because I don't actually have a score in mind. <laughs> I'm, I cannot decide whether or not this is going to be a really high-scoring affair, like, you know, 80 points on the day, um, or whether this is going to be something a little more conservative, like what you guys have got. And in a, a fit of um, uh, inspiration, 
the score 28 to 26 has come to me. Um, and I think that would be a fair uh, assessment of of the game. I think that would that kind of scoreline would really um, tell a good story of, of the game. Plenty of points were scored. Really close game. I think this, you know, could go either way. Uh, but ultimately, I think we'll just about scrape the win. Yeah, I've got the um, the Kings coming off a tough loss to Chester. I think they'll react a lot better to how they did um, versus us in game week one. I think they'll win 28-21. So, again, I think it'll be a close game. But I think now they've got a few game days under their belt, I think they'll be a lot more prepared and ready to go out there and play that second game against another good team. I've seen, uh, I've been watching the Kings in their pre-season and the friendlies that they've done, their affiliate games and the scores, and I've kept a close eye on them as they've been growing. They're our closest team to Cheltenham. So um, I've seen them take tough losses and I've seen those losses get smaller and smaller and turn into wins. Uh, I I can't see them uh, losing too many games for the rest of the season. I've got them losing to Chichester, uh, but I think... It's going to be a close game against Falcons Black. I have the Kings winning 33-22. to 22. I think they learn from their mistakes and they persevere uh, and continue to grow as a team. That concludes uh, our Game Day 3 preview predictions. Do you guys have any bold predictions for anything across the game day? Hit me with your wildest suggestion. Uh, my bold prediction for the week. Lewis is that I think someone will get ejected at the Western Game Day. <laughs> he loves an ejection. I, 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 I'm keen to see an ejection this year. Uh, we got Falcons, Green Devils. And if it Supers. comes down to it, I'll, I'll, I'll push it over the line on the last game day myself. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I see that. I don't. I don't think I've ever had the pleasure of being. Um, refereed by the devils uh so i'm not sure if anybody at that game day has has got um i guess the the confidence um to actually eject someone because that's what it takes to to really kind of you know kick someone out of the game i've almost done it before i've given someone a warning and given them uh unsportsmanlike conduct penalty and if they'd done it again, they would have been ejected. From out from mouthing off at the refs, actually. But. I've gotten close before as well, and I probably should have ejected the guy, but I just I don't know, couldn't be asked, I guess. It's been pretty well behaved so far, this league. Yeah. And and But it but it's a bold prediction. And it's it bold. is a bold prediction. Yeah, so can't can't fault you for that. And one day, if he keeps making that prediction, he'll be right. Yeah, essentially it's not it's, it's law of averages. Yeah. And that's exactly what I'm going for with my prediction, um, which is, as I think it was, was it Lewis, you predicted last week that I'd get my first pick six? Yeah. And I am going to confidently predict that this week is the week I get my first pick six. And Lewis is the one who's going to throw it to me. And And Lewis is going to have an opportunity to make the tackle, but unfortunately, he's going to fall over. That's, yeah, that's pretty likely with the falling over, at least, because I don't think I can make a tackle without sliding. (laughs) Um, 
I've already given my bold prediction. I think the Falcons not only beat the Sharks, but they do it on the back of a two-point conversion. Yeah, what mine, I'm gonna say? I was going to say, mine builds off um, my predictions earlier. I think Keishan, given the Sharks their closest game of the year. Who, oh, sorry? <laughs> sorry, the Kings. <laughs> I've, when... se- I've just sent you a message on how to pronounce it. And you've still got vacation. I've been saying it forever, like since obviously you moved there. I, I, I was just texting you, I've never heard of the place before. So I think all the Devils team have been saying it wrong so far. <laughs> there I am worrying about Keensham. I should have been worrying about Keensham all along. They sound like a good, <laughs> good team. <laughs> what was your ball prediction, Hongolo? Uh, uh, that the shark or that the Kings give the Sharks their closest game of the year. You can go bolder than that. Yeah, that's just, I mean... That's very conservative. Yeah. Are they going to win? Are the Sharks going to win on a crazy play? Will someone get ejected? (laughs) I think you're the type of guy who will rein it in before you get ejected, Jay. Um, I don't think I can possibly get ejected in a Neil and Lewis ref to game. Um, it's yeah, they'll just tell me to shut up before I even get that far. Oh no, I'm 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 dying to eject my first person from a game. Just... How how many times is Jay going to take a dive claiming that Kate has made contact with him? Well, <laughs> look, 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 look. That's Kate, Kate's that vicious now. every weekend. <laughs> Kate is vicious. She can oh, she runs with such power and she could probably bench you, Jay. She probably could. <laughs> she probably could. Uh, I've thought of a good one, and he'll love me for saying it, but I, I think James Hegsey will get his first pick six of the year. Oh, He's been nice. Desperate for one so far. I think he finally gets it this week. So uh, Jay, mine... gets, uh, Jay gets some defensive time then. Is that James uh, Hegarty? That... That, um... Oh, sorry, James. Sorry. Yes. We are both ginger, so I get that. <laughs> There seems to be a bit of a theme here with uh, picks, which which infringes on my bold prediction because my bold prediction is that there's going to be a pick six in every game day. So we'll, we'll, see, one. we'll see one at Cheltenham, we'll see one in Western, and we'll see one at Chichester. Does that include the friendlies with the Panthers? Uh, no. Maybe. I don't know. It's a bold. I like it. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna exclude the Panthers from that uh, just because it makes it a bolder prediction. Lewis, would you like my Chichester challenge? No, no, nobody Stingers. wants your Chichester challenge. <laughs> I think Especially Corey wants your Chichester you challenge. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna leave it head. until after the. I was gonna leave it until after the game of the week, but since as you brought it up, go for it. Yeah, sorry, it's the that is where we naturally put it. Um, my just um, challenge for the for the week this week, uh, my favourite sharks people, um, is that you will get multiple safeties in multiple games. Okay. So there, there's you know it's not too harmful, Gareth. I've not been cruel. No, no I can I can live with that. It, it's uh, yeah, it's um, definitely a challenge, and it's not uh, self. Destructive. So, well, exactly. Because if if I if I said, "Oh, Neil's going to throw four picks, but then somehow get the ball back for himself and then score again," he just wouldn't do it because he, he knows the game matters too much. Um, <laughs> but this is doable. Thing is, you want to like it. 
I think you wanna you wanna you wanna you're picking on the wrong people. Last week you were you were picking on getting people ejected, which was never gonna happen. And this week you're picking on uh, Kate essentially, and uh, whoever else decides to um, step in uh, Blitzer if she's taking a breather. But it's Corey you want to pick on because Corey's the one that'll make it happen. Well, now there's an opportunity for Corey to sub himself on, then, isn't there? <laughs> <laughs> I reckon if you said something like Corey throws and catches his own touchdown, uh, I think that could make for some interesting um, plays. There you go. You can just steal that's Garrett, the... <laughs> sorry, <can't> <laughs> I heard it. I heard the sharp intake of breath. It's just of our active players, no one in in the history of the Sharks, because we have our historical stats, has got more than one safety ever. So the chances of multiple in multiple games is... It's a key word here, Gareth. Yeah, challenge. You don't don't see many safeties in games, full stop. No. You've got to have a really relaxed QB for that to happen. And then you've got to have multiple relaxed QBs for that to happen across multiple games. I'm, I'm quite pleased with the idea, though, that Jay, as his challenge, kind of will have to help us out with that one whilst playing quarterback for the opposing team. Is, uh, <laughs> is, is JV um, playing this weekend? He is indeed. Yeah. Our, our safety leader for the season with yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> Tied with Callum from the Exeter Falcons and Eden Crumplin from the White Hellhounds, who are also on one. <laughs> well, look, Corey, I know you can do it. Let's have a heart to heart about this. Yeah, it's just you, you know, and me you... listening, Corey. You know you can do it. Go on. That's the thing, now, Jay. Like, you've got to help him out here a little bit. Like, if he's yeah, close to it, you've got, to, you've got to help him. Yeah. <laughs> you guys can always have a pre-game agreement where. You say, right, we'll let you just have a deep bomb. We won't defend it, but you've got to let us have like three sa- three sacks in the end zone. <laughs> That's not something I would do, Ben. That's not in the spirit of it. <laughs> <laughs> probably something I would do. Stats. I don't think Neil would allow All the stats for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Stat for All right, on to, our, uh, on to our game of the week. I've already alluded to mine. Yeah, I've said mine as well. I think game of the week this week will be Western Reading. I think it'll be the tightest game and the most competitive game out of the week. Uh, it's a bit boring to say I agree, so I'll pick a different one. Um, I think Sharks Kings will be a really, really good game. They know a lot about us. We don't know a lot about them, but it's quite clear from the stats that Jay's been able to spread the ball around multiple receivers. So we've got he's got multiple weapons that we've got to cover. Um, you know, Canesham will know through Jay what we like to run on offense. So it'll be interesting to see if and how they defend it. Um, and I think that's going to be a, a really good game. And I'm, I'm glad to see from your social media that it's going to be live streamed for everyone's enjoyment. Yes, I was just given that news about two minutes ago, which I hate. I hate the fact that people can watch me play. That's awful. <laughs> Shorty is thrilled to be on yeah, national yeah. TV. I'm just national TV. It's used to be eight, the Ocho. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, similarly, I think I think Kings are one of the more interesting teams uh, in the SWC this year. So I've got Falcons Kings as my uh, game of the week. Yeah, they're my game of the week as well. I think Joe will be itching to play the Sharks again. I, I think when he saw that one on the counter, that was definitely second marked after our game day. 
So I, I think I'll be really interested to see if he can spring a surprise against them. I've uh, I've got the same. I already said it earlier. Chichester Kings is uh, is my game of the week. Um, I think uh, it's just going to be it's just it's two great teams going head to head. I think we're just going to see a wonderful affair. Um, I I can't see any other game kind of standing up to it really. And now it's on prime time for everyone to see in their own time. I hate this because essentially what's <laughs> happened is it's been built up. I hate those types of games. So. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, this has been this has been flexed, mate. This has been flexed to Sunday night football. <laughs> are Gary and Roy doing the uh, the punditry? Are they? I might. You, you won't get uh... that, Lewis, because that's a football reference. Sorry, <laughs> Gary Neville and Roy Keane. <laughs> hey, we're ex- we're expecting a load of uh, sharks, old boys down to watch. So may- maybe they'll get involved with the commentary. <laughs> John Madden and Al Michaels are going to come out of retirement for it. Here we go. There's a reference I can understand. <laughs> you showed your age there a bit. <laughs> I don't know who the peers are anymore. It's Romo who's paired up with who. Someone. Romo, yeah. Who's he paired with? I don't know. Anyway. Anyway, so that wraps up uh, our game day three preview. Um, but as we are at the... Um, as we're at the the midpoint of the season, should we just have a, a quick chat around um, sort of where we think we are at the midpoint, how how it's going, how our seasons are going, what, any surprises, disappointments, breakout players? So, from our perspective at the Kings, I think we've done uh, quite well. I think we've we've probably surpassed our expectations of what we wanted over the course of two game days by by winning, you know, going over five hundred. Um, Morale's pretty good. We're obviously we're we're sat in a quite comfortable position in the league, and that always helps keep people happy. Um, but I think we've got our tougher games to come now, and it'll be interesting to see how we uh, we respond going through those. Um, in terms of standout players for us, uh, without speaking about the players that were already good before the start of the season, the ones that I've I've been pleased to see grow have been um, a guy called Dave Weir, who um, is one of our receivers and has, has developed himself quite nicely into into quite a nice role player for us. Um, and defensively, um, I can't pronounce his surname, so I'll just say his name's Pete. Um, I, I'm not going to try and butcher his surname, but he's also done a really good job of developing himself and uh, having a great attitude towards uh, playing the game. So, yeah, positive from the Kings' point of view. Uh, yeah, from from the Sharks' perspective, couldn't really ask for more. Um, sitting 4-0, and uh, we've, we've beaten Reading and, and Weston, which were certainly two games that we looked at at the start of the season and thought if, if we're going to have a chance of, of winning the division, those are, those are going to be some, some big games. Um, with the exception of the Weston game, our performances in, in all of the games have been really, really good. Um, everybody knows about Shorty and Will and Corey and Neil. Um, so the players that people might not know who have really stood out are two guys that have started every game on defence. Uh, Craig Brown has played a mixture of blitzer and uh, cornerback. And he is his uh, pressure at blitzer particularly is responsible for, I think, seven of our interceptions. So he's, he's doing a fantastic job of, of making plays without actually getting on the stat sheet. Um, and, you know, Shorty and Will are the main recipients of, of that work. And Andy Jenkins is a guy who's been at the Sharks for, for a few years. He is 
somebody who gives a hundred percent on every play, whether it's training or a game, even when perhaps he shouldn't. Um, but his his work ethic is just phenomenal, and he he learns our defense. He knows our defensive scheme probably better than I do, and I created it. He's just a student of the game, and uh, super super athletic for a man of his. I hope you won't mind me say advancing years. Um, but those two guys have yeah started all four games, and they've been exceptional they've they've really raised their game to the standard of of shorty and will and Corey and all that lot pretty confident here out um i wouldn't say that no i think we we not like (laughs) (laughs) not live anyway not on air oh (laughs) (laughs) um yeah so no we 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 are very keen to get the Sharks into the Premiership. And to do Speaking that... on we... behalf of the rest of the SWC, yeah, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> to do that, we feel we need to go 8-0. And now, now, now that the Renegades seem to have upped their game considerably as well, there's not one of these four <laughs> games that we're taking lightly. Um, so, you know, it's, I, I, I still hope we can go 4-0. and um, I predicted it at the start of the season that we'd go undefeated, um, but uh, yeah, I think there's a there's a real possibility of it happening, but we're not taking any of these games for granted. This year has been very much um, a kind of experimental year for us, I guess, for you know trying out, testing the waters on a on a second team. Honestly, uh, I think if I had a do over, I'd probably do it a little differently. Um, the the Falcons Black team in particular have had um, a couple of sort of availability issues. Maybe we uh, might have, um, I guess, overestimated how keen some of our rookies might be to you know get straight into a Baffer game day. Um, you know, we've had a couple of people. I mean, on on the roster, uh, we've got a, an even split. Um, I think it's, it's not even an even split anymore because we've taken on a couple more players. Um, I think I think technically the Blacks now have got 13 on their roster, I think. Um, and there's still only 10 on the Greens. Um, but we're still struggling to get, you know, just six or seven people to a game day. So we've got a couple of, like, really young players, uh, young Ben um, and Tristan, who are both very, very new and uh, are kind of taking baby steps in the game um, and are not quite as keen to to come along and get straight into those really competitive matches. Um, and then that, when you inevitably end up sort of picking up injuries, uh, things get really difficult. So I, like I say, we've, uh, we've lost Alex for um, this weekend coming, potentially maybe out for the rest of the season. We'll see um, with his hamstring injury. Uh, so that's disappointing. Uh, and that kind of puts the pressure on um, the rest of the guys uh, in in our Falcons Black camp, um, but some definite standouts. Like I say, I alluded to earlier, Jake Tiller, our rookie safety, has been phenomenal. Uh, really taken to safety like a you know duck to water. Um, gone under the wing and under the tutorship of uh, of Ed, our defensive captain, who's been playing lights out offense and defense. 
Um, but also like a, a special kind of shout out to Susie, who's um, really impressed this season through two. I mean, she had a great game day one um, and then game day two. Absolutely think that last weekend was her um, her greatest performance in a Falcons jersey. Uh, the timing, the connection we had, the chemistry was brilliant. She made the first defender miss more often than not. Um and got in the end zone a couple of times. So she's really up to her game and, and really improved. So shout out to Suze. In terms of our season, I, I think we're content at this point with it. Um, I think the loss to the Sharks is obviously disappointing, I think, especially with the scoreline. Um, we would have liked to have done at least better in that game. Um, but, I mean, with a 3-1 start, it's not too much to complain about. Um, and I think that we certainly believe at least that we can win the remainder of our games and there's nothing to be ashamed about on the 7-1 season. So that's our goal for the rest of the year. Um, in regards to our sort of maybe breakout players, um, I'll highlight Toby on offence. So he joined us from the Renegades about a month before the season started. Um, and he's already in our starting conversation. I, I think it's taken him a little bit of time just to sort of get used to playing with a different quarterback. But he definitely doesn't look out of place on our roster, so I'm very excited for him moving forward. And then on the defensive side of the ball, I'll highlight Ben Etheridge. Um, he's someone that has played um, contact with the uni team and decided to give flag a go this summer. Um, and again, he's another person that's come in and has played really well from day one and again is in our starting lineup already after just a few weeks of flag training. So I think while we've lost a few players, as we seem to do every year, I, I definitely think going forward, we're more than comfortable in replacing those um, and developing these players into comfortable starters year in, year out going forward. How, how much are you guys still connected to the to the university? Is that a clean cut? Yes, yeah, or... a clean cut now. So I think it, I can't remember when it was exactly, but one year the president of the uni team. So the relationship we previously had there was that they'd sort of pay for our training pitches and our sort of game day as it was sort of more of a development side of the contact team. But in the last few years, they kind of stepped away from that and not really wanted to associate with us as much anymore. For what reason, I, I don't really know why, but we felt going forward, it was definitely best if we sort of created our own club or at least broke away from them because now a lot of us are starting to graduate from the university so mm -hmm. there's not really a great deal of connection there left anymore so I don't really think it's the right time but I know a few of us are still planning to coach there so there's definitely still a connection there but obviously it's not as direct um, yeah. I think with Kiwi being the GM of the contact team as well I don't know how much he'll want to funnel players maybe to the Renegades more than us so I think that one will yeah. have to be decided on later on in the year oh well they're lost yeah how about you ben I'm, I'm keen to get your your take on it as a as a new new team and, and and obviously the the newest player i guess out of out of us lot jay i mean king's obviously new team but jay's been around for donkey's years yeah it's wow. um, it's been it's been quite quite interesting actually you know first year baffa first competitive season first season having you know, official captains and things like that. And 
everyone's got expectations when you come into a season and you know we we want to win all our games um i think the first the first loss to chichester was a a a big wake up call i mean they were flawless on the day absolutely clinical um i think um any other day i think the game would have been a lot closer but um things just just didn't go away i think the game with the kings uh was just a, a fantastic game, um, very enjoyable to play. The game was on an iPad the whole time, and a couple of mistakes, um, a couple of calls go the other way. Um, it's a different outcome again. So you know we're we're, we're enjoying the season. Um, I think it's it's been a big learning curve for us in terms of club structure as well as uh, ex- you know game experience. Um, we're growing. We're still growing. We, you know, we've got more people wanting to come and join the team. Um, so the plan will be next year to to have, um, you know, a, a, a second team in camp, as it were. Ooh, um, the yeah. So we 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 want to get the the flood up and running. Um, but they will be they'll be separate. We'll, we'll we'll train, but um, you know they'll they'll be there for competitions, tournaments, things like that. Um, may enter them Baffer, may enter them RFL, not sure, not sure yet. Um, but we'll, we'll just have to see. That may, you, may, you may have a second team coming in, Cheltenham, just because we want people to get ample playing time. Um, but yeah, we're really enjoying ourselves um, and uh, we want to do well for the rest of the season. I think, you know, if we can finish in the top four, top three in the on the table, uh, I think we'll we'll feel like that is a very uh, successful season for us. So we'll have to wait and see what happens. As for standout players this uh, game week, I think despite the um, discrepancies on offense in terms of starters, I think you're going to still see uh, a stellar performance from our man, Justin Thomas. Um and I would certainly be looking at Freddie Burridge uh, at wide receiver to, to be making some big plays for us. He's already got a couple of touchdowns and extra points on the season. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I would certainly expect him to step up in, uh, in, in the game against the Renegades. It's a, it's a real shame we haven't got um, the Isle of Wight coming down because, um, obviously, you know, stats-wise, I think we're going to suffer. Um, and that may well end up playing against us in, in final standings in, in the league, um, which if it does, obviously, you know, those results will have to be taken with a pinch of salt, but we will see. So we've spoken at length on this, uh, on this podcast about Justin and, and you did a very good job of uh, hyping him up in your uh, preseason spotlight show that we did. Mm-hmm. Um, is there any chance we could ever get, Justin on the show? Uh, I I don't think so. I think uh, he's very focused on the season. He doesn't want distractions. If you were to get him on, I think the only answer you would get out of him would be, I'm only here so we don't get fined. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, I don't think I don't think it's going to happen, unfortunately, my friends. A, a consummate professional. <laughs> I think we've had a moving more generally i suppose towards not just um falcons related sort of uh outside 
our camp and into the the rest of the league. I think it's been a, a strange year, uh, as we would all expect from COVID. I think there's been, um, I mean, we've it's definitely, especially strange for us having just two teams, but um, certainly some surprises. I was very surprised to to see Western drop two um, at the beginning of the season. I think we all were uh, a little bit disappointed, especially by that um, that Western uh, Chichester game, which I uh, had pinned as my game of the season. I, I thought that was going to be the decider in week one, um, but obviously they had some difficulties with availability and, and uh, seems to be back to business as usual for Western. Um, so I guess that was quite surprising for me. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll be honest, I'm quite disappointed by the, um, the white hellhounds. I don't just, I don't just mean um, with their, uh, with their um, forfeiture this week, which obviously doesn't help things. Nobody likes to see a forfeiture. Uh, obviously, it's things that are outside of their control um, with availability and, in, and pick up a couple of injuries as well. Um, I will but, say uh, this this for the Hellhounds. In the game against Chichester, which, which we eventually ran away with, they did give us a very good scare in the first half. Um, they came out fighting and it was, I think it was 14-6 to us up until the very end of the first half. Um, and we were we were concerned. Let's say, <laughs> I mean, yeah. To give them their due, they've they've definitely improved on uh, 2019, uh, and they gave us a, a close run. I think. I guess I'm more I'm more disappointed for them, not disappointed in them. Mm. If that makes any sense. Um, I was really looking forward to um, seeing Hellhounds versus Renegades this weekend. Um, I thought that had potential to be a really good game. So I'm kind of disappointed that. Uh, We've been robbed of that um, of that game this year. Mm-hmm. They're a team that deserve to have a good season, and by good season, I mean you know go over five hundred because of the effort they put in and the number of years they've been within it. Um, so I get what you mean. You're disappointed for them. Yeah, pulling the flag would bring out the chicken of shame at this point, but uh, <laughs> sadly <laughs> we don't days. have that anymore. <laughs> I don't know. What about you guys? Sort of, uh, just sort of take a view around the league, around, around the division. I think uh, that it's. Sorry. Okay, I think no, no, no. You go ahead, Gareth. Um, so I think I, I'm. <laughs> this this isn't meant as a dig at you, Home Alone. Um, but I think it's it's been really great to have a bit more visibility over how people, how individuals have been doing. Um, on other teams. Uh, I mean, it's partly through this podcast, but partly through League Republic, you get a much nicer view of of who's doing what on what team. And, and I think it's bringing players to the forefront, which, you know, two years ago may not have got noticed. So, for example, uh, Neptune sitting now at two and two, well, three and two now because of uh, the, the default win over Isla White. Someone like Luke, you at the Neptunes obviously know how good he is and how much of a, an integral part of your offense he is. But mm-hmm. when you only see him once a year and his name doesn't get out there, you know, you, they fly under the radar. And what I've really enjoyed about this year is, is getting to know more of the players in the league. And, uh, and I think it's really good for exposure. And I think it's really good for, for the players to get credit for what they do. Um, because, Often, you know, when I was at the Hurricanes, every single report about the Hurricanes mentioned one name, and it was Joe Cottrell. 
and, and then they got to a point briefly where Costas used to get a mention. But now, now you know more and more players on each of the teams, and I think that's great. I, I, I completely agree, and I think um, you know what I would certainly like to see uh, in the league is you know some of these players, especially people like Luke, um, and you know I've mentioned them before, Freddie. I mean, they both have GB level talent. Um, and I would like to see an expanded um, you know, tryout um, for for GB um, to see some of these players actually get you know an equal chance at getting in the squad and getting elevated to that international or national level, um, which they deserve to, to at least at. have a shot at. Yeah, yeah exactly. absolutely. Yeah, um, yeah I, I think that's true. I think we'd all like to see a bit more of an expanded GB trial system. <laughs> Um, I think it's shrunk a little bit in the last couple of years. I think it's essentially going to run through run through the divisional um, or the, the conference or region series. I think is essentially how it's going to go. Because I think I'm not sure. I'm not. I'm not entirely uh, learned on the GB system and how it how it works. But I, I got a feeling. I heard a rumor somewhere, sometime many moons ago, that um, they don't do. Uh, just sort of show up ones. What, what are they called? No. Um, they, they, they only do trials. They don't do open trials anymore. It's just this is, invitational. This is what I've heard as well, Lewis. And I think I think it's a mistake. I don't want to get too much into it now because I have a bit of a rant. But you know, if the regional sort of all star tournament super, super fives, that's what it was called, wasn't it? Is something that is not the each individual conference has not been run by you know a gb coach or member of the gb setup which means there's no control system in place for who gets picked for these um and so, so that's I, what that's sorry. where it was going to change and it was supposed to be 2020 was going to be the first year that we were running we you know we were going to scrap super fives get, stop using that brand name it's not called that anymore hmm. scrap scrap super fives it's now the all region series and it's going to be not just you know you, you have a training session and a selection session and then you go to a tournament it is you have somebody there who is an experienced coach preferably from gb obviously you can't force them to do it um, but preferably somebody from the GB setup to to oversee things who has a team of coaches and experienced players, and then you have three or four. Um, maybe I think we actually had five like camps basically, which anyone was um, was invited to, and the idea was going to be to just improve the level. The main objective was to improve the the overall level of ability of football in the country and in in particular in that region. And then after those camps, there would be a selection session. So if you wanted to go for uh, the all region team, you could turn up to that camp. Otherwise you could just, you could just turn up to the trip to the camps yeah. and, and just get better at football and get some really good coaching, get some a different perspective of coaching from what you might normally get from your own team. And well, then that's, that's really good want, to hear you go to that selection session and you know then you're you're not just working together you're now competing with the other people there for a spot on the team and then there's a training session or two and then you go to the all region series and the idea being that it was going to be as 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 much participation as possible so that it was going to i think the, the plan was originally to have two mixed teams and a women's team so this was all open to everyone, not just you know the mm -hmm. adult team, but they would be the um, they were going to 
bring in the women's side of it as well and because they've traditionally never had a super fives so they were going to bring that into the fold and coaches could then decide how they want to do it do you have you know all all your best players in one team and then the, the seconds in a second team or do you mix them up do you do you have mixed teams you know some some women may want to play on the mixed team or they may only want to play for the women's team but it's completely sort of free in that respect and like I say all of that is overseen by preferably and hopefully a member of uh, the GB setup um, who then has eyes on all this talent across the country um, and can make better decisions and and see people who they might might not necessarily uh, have heard of like um, Justin like Luke like Ed uh, yeah, and I think and that's, give them that's, those opportunities. that's another reason why the, the stats are important, because anybody who's, you know, picking or, you know, running the Southwest thing then can have an overview of what people have been doing. Um, and there's certainly like, for example, uh, Jake Tillett. He's on your mm. Exeter Falcons Black, isn't he? Yeah. So he's someone who I would never have heard of at this point in the season because of League Republic I have. And because of his stats, he's someone now that, you know, becomes a little bit of a part of the game plan. And, you know, I think that's, it's an important thing to do, Home Alone. And, uh, you know, I think it's only going to benefit <laughs> if people's names are out there. Yeah, I completely agree, Gareth. It, in terms of the sort of, the the way the, the division is shaped up in, in general for the SWC, I think, quite clearly we're all disappointed in Weston losing the first two games because it ruins a lot of our predictions because we thought they'd be right up there. Um, Not mine. No, I know, Gareth. Yes, very good. Very clever of you. <laughs> um, uh, it's been good to have... We've got quite a good array of... We've got, what, three new teams, essentially? Am I right in saying that? Yeah, three new teams. And it's good to have... Because Cheltenham were around for a couple of years beforehand. You expected them to be good. Because Berkshire are a brand new team, you expected them to sort of grow over the season, and, and then the Kings were going to be the sort of question mark because they had a litter of of players from lots of different areas of the the country that have sort of played before and sort of hadn't. Um, I think it's been nice to see those teams all genuinely get better over the course of the year. I think you know Berkshire got their first win, Kings have suddenly come into this this quite competitive space, and you'd say that Cheltenham have, have lit the sort of division on fire with this deep ball offence that they've got. So um, that's been my really good takeaway from the year so far. I think it's just been nice to see everyone again as well. Obviously with COVID last year, it's been two years since I've seen some of the people that you do sort of get to know quite well over the course of a year of sort of multiple years of game days. So being able to actually go and see some of these people that you haven't had the chance to yet, I, I'm really appreciating that and enjoying it again. Yeah, it's an odd sort of situation where I'm looking forward to seeing the sharks. But um, yeah, there's a lot of people I know there that uh, it'll be it'll be nice to see their faces. I find it quite odd that like we've I, I've almost now got used to the idea. I don't know whether it's because of um, how much each game is now hyped up, but I've got used to the idea of an eight game season, and it, it I'm starting to think. God, it was weird when we used to play 16. I mean, I want to go back to 16, but I kind of don't remember what it was like. <laughs> it's much more um, tense over every single game, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. We've, we've alluded to it before in that every game 
means more now because you've only got mm. one one shot at it. And I think I think the supers are gonna uh, be affected the most by that. They had one game day, two games where they had some availability issues, and that's kind of it's kind of screwed them a little bit. You know, down down the down the stretch, you might with an eight with an eight game day season with six when you play sixteen games. If you have some availability issues that set you back, you at least have an opportunity to um, you know get over that over, over the rest of the other game days, and you get a, a second shot at that team that you think you should have beaten if you'd had a full complement of players. But I mean, that's it. They they had their chance against the Sharks. They had their chance to you know have a have a shot at the top of the table and. I don't think they do now. They'll they'll need obviously they need to win out and they'd need some help from other teams. Um, they no longer hold that kind of destiny in their hand. I think the thing for me that I've 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 enjoyed seeing uh, coming into the first season is you cannot take any team for granted in uh, yeah. this division. Don't I um, don't I know it? And yeah. uh, it's been great kind of seeing these like results you pull up on your phone and you go oh my god you know what happened there um much like probably a lot of people thought when uh, when we got spanked by by uh, you guys down in chichester gareth um you just it's 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 great to see around the league it just keeps it exciting um personally i quite like i mean i i can't compare the 16 game season i quite like a condensed season um Firstly, it's a lot easier for availability because people don't need to book out so many dates. Um, and it allows for other things to go on throughout the year, other tournaments and one days. Um, but uh, yeah, it would be interesting to see see how uh, more games in a season compares. I think I think the main thing is, is it gives teams a, a second shot. And I think there's a lot of games. I mean, Lewis... Lewis wants a second shot at the Renegades, which he's not going to get. Yeah. Um, Home Alone wants a second shot at the Sharks that he's not going to get. Yeah. Um, That's what want... next season's for, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, with with this being a you know an amateur sport and teams joining and folding every year, you know the likelihood of you playing the same teams, you'll you'll see. I'm sure you'll see a couple of the same teams next year, but you won't necessarily see everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I mean, and, and things like. Yeah, I, I'd let, I can't wait to have another go at Berkshire again with a, a sort of like I said, as I as I've said before, we would have I, if I had a chance to do this again with two teams, I would do it differently. Um, so I'd like to have a go at Berkshire with uh, a different kind of squad setup, and and certainly with my you know if if we do decide next year to go two teams, and we do decide as a team to go uh, with a sort of. Um, a view to be this is going to be our best team that we're going to put out the, the team that we want to go to the premiership and, and compete with and then have a development team alongside that yeah I, 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 you know have that kind of strength yeah absolutely want a second bite of the cherry but the game that i'm more disappointed at and i would be more looking forward to having another go out would be western because that is another game that same game day that we were absolutely in that game right up until the last 40 seconds and we had one referee decision go against us um which which put us then uh out of out of the sort of routine if you want of they score we score they score we score suddenly they get a stop um 
and then they score again and it makes the, the scoreboard. We were absolutely in that game up until the last 40 seconds. So mm. that's the game that I want back. And if we go to a normal season next year, Western are going to go to the Premiership and I'm not going to get that chance. Yeah, I quite like to play Reading again. <laughs> I think, uh, Lewis, if uh, maybe if Weston keep playing the way they are, they you might get to see him the season after. Well, hopefully by then we'll be in the Premiership. <laughs> <laughs> All right, chaps. Well, that uh, wraps up our game day three preview. Um, so it has been an absolute pleasure chatting with you all this, e- uh, this evening. Um, uh, Jay, Gareth, I look forward to seeing you uh, on Sunday. Um, and I think uh, we play Cheltenham and Reading on the final game day, game day four. So Ben uh, and Homelor, and I'll see you then. Looking forward to it. Thank you ever so much for joining me, guys. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Have a wonderful weekend. We'll see you soon. That wraps up this episode. Find us on Facebook at First and 15 Podcast. Give us a like to keep up with all of our shows. Also check out our sponsor, Nuola, for all your customised sportswear supplies.